Hello and welcome to the Glacier Valley Church of God. Today's podcast was recorded live on Sunday before a full church. If there's anything we can do to bless you, to pray for you, please contact us at 907-789-3605. Glacier Valley Church of God, a place of hope, a place of healing. He's provided you life. He's provided you breath. He's provided you clothes to wear, thank goodness. Especially here in Alaska, we need clothes. Although I'm, I, I probably shouldn't say this, I'm loving this, this warm weather we're having. All right, and Anchorage is getting dumped on, and I'm just laughing at them. I mean, because last year we had it rough, right? And so they're all up there complaining, and I'm just like, you're in Alaska, deal with it. And we're down here with no snow. But, you know, I'm just loving this warm weather, but he's provided us. A beautiful place to live. Every time I drive around Juneau, I just marvel at how naturally beautiful this place is. It's got to be the most beautiful place in Alaska that I've seen. And I've been quite a, I've been all over Alaska, not everywhere, but quite a few places. And so he's provided us a church to come worship in. Amen? Now, that's big because there's places in China, where not just in China, but there's up in China, it's all over. But there's places all over the world, like Iran, that they don't have a church to go to. They can't worship in public. Uh, and as a matter of fact, they're getting arrested for even mentioning the name of Jesus. But yet we can come here and worship God. Amen. So we know that God has provided for us. Amen. So I want to read some scripture to you. It's in Exodus chapter 15, verses 25 through 26. And I'm only going to put this scripture up this morning because this is the only scripture that I want put up. And then when we get there, uh, we get to the end, you'll understand why I'm doing that. So he cried out to the Lord. This is Moses. And the Lord showed him a tree. Now I'm going to kind of give away a little bit of what I'm talking about, but thank God for the tree. Thank God for the tree. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Thank God for the tree. When he cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made a statute and an ordinance for them, and were there he tested them and said, If you are diligently heed the voice, of the Lord your God, and do what is right in his sight. Well, we kind of forget that part, don't we? Pastor, I'm going through all these things, and my first question is, are you living right? Not to judge you, but sometimes we bring down things on ourselves, don't we? Sometimes, because of our actions, things happen in our lives that we don't want. We need to live right, amen? Amen. I'm not saying that to shame you or to put you down. I'm doing that to keep things. Now, just because you're living right doesn't mean things aren't going to still happen. But I tell you what, if you're living right, God promises you that he'll deliver you through it. Amen? There is something to be said about living right in a world that doesn't know what right and wrong is anymore. Amen? We, we live in a world that is so confused right now. But they don't want the Bible to explain it to them. They just want to make up how they believe. Brothers and sisters, we cannot make up how we believe. We follow the Word of God. Amen? We follow the Word of God. Praise God. And he said, if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God, and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes. The word, key the word there being all. Can't pick and choose, guys. Can't pick and choose. You can't say, well, I don't agree with that one. Doesn't matter whether you agree or not. That's what the Lord says, amen? 
And again, the Lord is not being punitive. He's doing it for a reason. He says, if you keep all of his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought upon the Egyptians. And this is one of the main part of our message today. Yes, last week we heard about Jehovah Jireh. But today we hear about Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals. And he says this, for I am the Lord who heals you. Are you sure you have me turned up? I'm coming out of the speakers. Testing. Yeah, I am. Maybe we haven't got that in our spirit yet, do we? I am the Lord that you oh, Sorry. I'm giving you a biblical truth here. The Lord is your healer this morning. Is there anybody in the house today that you have a malady? Is there anybody in the house today that you have a pain, that you have sorrow, that you have financial trouble? Is there anybody in the house today that you're struggling with past trauma, present trauma, future trauma? Is there anybody in the house today that doesn't know how you're going to make your next meal? Is there anybody in the house today that wonders where your help's going to come from? Well, like David, I say today, my help comes from the Lord this morning. He is our healer this morning. Come on, church. He is our healer this morning. Oh, hallelujah. He is our healer this morning. If you have pain in your heart, you have sorrow in your heart, and you have things that have happened in your life, it is time to lay that down and overcome it and realize what God has done. Amen? Quit talking about the past, and let's realize what God has done for you right now. Amen? I've heard this before, and I love it. Maybe that test you went through was a testimony, amen? We need to get past the things that happened to us and start talking about how good God is, amen? Listen, I could get up here today, and I could tell you all my troubles, but through it all. I could get up here today and tell you about all my pains, but let me tell you, brothers and sisters, through it all. I could get up here today and tell you about all my past trauma, things that have happened to me, the hurt that I've been through. But I can get up here this morning I can say, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. Through it all, I've learned to trust in God. I've been to the mountain. I've been to the valley. God is in the mountain. God is in the valley. I want to tell you this morning, whatever you've been through, it is time to call upon the name of the Lord. Amen. See, some of you are struggling a little bit because we start talking about a miracle-working God. You don't see it because you don't understand it. Somebody's told you the miracles aren't for today. Let me ask you a question. What loving father would do something for one generation and not do it for the next? What loving father would do something for one child and not give the other child the same thing? Amen? And this is a time in history that if we need a move of God more than ever, it is now. Amen? We have to become desperate for him. If you want God to move, then you have to get engaged. Amen? You have to seek it. You have to listen to him. Amen? You've got to reach out and touch the Lord before he comes by. You'll find he's not too weary to hear your heart's cry. He's passing by this moment. Your need he will supply. Reach out. Reach out and touch the Lord as he goes by. Amen. Reach out. See, there's got to be some action on your part. You can't just sit in your seat like the Quakers used to do. You can't just sit there and say, okay, Lord, move me. God's already moved 2,000 years ago by hanging on a cross. That tree that I was just talking about, it is time for this church to rise up and praise the Lord and say glory, glory to 
I'm getting a little loud. Haven't even started my sermon yet. <laughs> it's going to be one of those days, y'all. It's going to be one of those days I feel the anointing of the Lord on me. And I believe that God is going to do something. But see, do you want it? Do you want it? Now you're sitting there saying, I want it, but I don't know. I'm scared. Hey, guess what? I'm scared too. It's okay to be scared, amen? But I find the things that I'm scared about is when God blesses me the most, amen? When I step out in faith and say, okay, God, that's when God more than meets me halfway. That's when God does something in my life that he's never done before. It is time for this church to rise up. I will get out my pom-poms. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. You see, we struggle with this because we struggle understanding who God is. We struggle. We, to, to us, God seems like this picture of an old man with a white beard, and he's kind of disconnected from us. Can I tell you that's not God at all? God is passionately involved in the lives of his children. God is passionately involved in everything that you do, everything that you say. He's a part of your life if you'll let him. Amen? See, when God revealed himself to Moses, and we talked about this week, last week, he simply said, my name is I am. I want to repeat what I said last week. See, when he said I am, really what he should have said now, I'm not saying what God should have said, but I'm just telling you, I'm just expounding it, okay? I'm not trying to imply anything here. What he should have said is, I am everything. I am everything. I'm a healer. I'm your banner. I'm your husband. I'm your provider. I am everything. Amen? He is everything. But see, what God does is God reveals himself to us in progression. God reveals himself to us a little bit at a time. See, Abraham preceded Moses by about 400, 450 years, and he revealed himself to each generation. And when he revealed himself to Abraham, he did it in one specific way. When he revealed himself to Jacob and Isaac, he did it in another way. When he re revealed himself to Moses, he did it a different way. What I'm trying to say is God reveals himself but he doesn't do it all at once because there has to be an effort on our part to seek the Lord. Amen. That's why Jesus said, if you seek the Lord, amen, seek the kingdom, seek first his righteousness, and some of these things will be added to you. What was that? Can anybody tell me what all means? So when I said God says, I am everything, that means he's, when you seek him, he's going to give everything of himself to you. Amen. Do you understand that this morning? God's not trying to hold back. You know who's holding back? Us. We're holding back because we're uncomfortable with it because that means we have to change. Anybody here like change besides me? I've mentioned this several times. I'm a coffee addict. I love coffee. And the other day, because of something I had to have done, they said, you cannot have any coffee. And I looked at them and I said, excuse me? They said, you're not going to die. And I said, but you might. Amen? 
Coffee drinkers, where you're at, you understand, right? Praise God. Praise God. I have coffee. <laughs> I have coffee to keep my sanity, right? It just helps me to wake up. I love coffee. And I love my coffee, just a nice, I don't go to places and have this, you know, what I call it the frou-frou coffee, right? You know, the cappuccino, latte, mocha, whatever. I don't even know what that is, but apparently it's something with this bull spritzer in it. I have, I have black coffee, right? And so when I had to change my routine, and I'm noticing the older I get, <coughs> the older I get, I don't, I don't like changes, amen? When I went into Safeway and they changed the store up, I was mad. I was mad. I was like, where is everything? And I had a breakdown, right? Uh, and it wasn't just me. People all around the store were on the floor kicking and screaming. It wasn't toddlers. It was adults, man. We were crying and screaming. I can't find it. Where is it at? And they put the paper plates in the baking aisle. What's that? Now, listen, I know we have people who come to church here. They go to Safeway, and we, te we joke about it, okay? So don't think I'm talking bad about them. But I'm just laughing about it because, and, and so now I'm starting to figure it out. And so we know that they're going to change it again, or Fred Meyer is going to change. I mean, some, they're always changing stuff, right? And so we don't like change, but we have to understand that if we want to get in something from God, we've got to get into his presence. And that means we have to change, amen? That means we have to change. I don't need to get up here and preach messages of conviction. I don't need to get up here and tell you and say, don't do this and don't do that. The Holy Ghost should be talking to you and say, don't do this or don't do that, amen? I don't have to get up here and say, don't drink alcohol. The Holy Ghost should be talking to you about that. You know why I'm against alcohol? Oh, pastor, that's not in the Bible. Jesus drank wine. Come on, read your Bible. We understand there's places in the Bible where it talks about how alcohol can take over somebody's life. It can destroy families. In this town, alcohol has destroyed families. Why allow that into your home, amen? Now, you may disagree with me, and that's okay. I'm comfortable with that. But I want to tell you this morning, if we want to get close to God, we've got to take away things that are more important than God away from us, amen? We've got to get a hold of God and say, I'm going to distance myself from that. Some of us need to take a break from Facebook, don't we? Mm. See, it's easy to pick on alcohol, but Facebook, oh, I better keep going. Spirit of conviction just fell across here. We cannot get to know God more when we're on social media than we are in his word. I'm not even looking up right now, but it's true. We can't. Get to know God better when that TV show is more important than the Word of God. We can't get to know God when those things in our lives that are truly idols are more important than God. We can't get to know God more when things are more important than church. You know why church is important? Because God said so. Yeah, God said so. It's important. You know why church is important? It's because of fellowship. You are my brother. You are my sister. I'm going to say this correctly this time. I am your brother. <laughs> A couple weeks ago, I said something different. You are my brother and sister, amen? 
And every time I see you, my heart lights up. Some of you come in and you're all smiles and everything because I know you get to see me and you're happy. No, you're happy to be here in the house of God. Amen. Isn't it awesome just to come in and see people and you're excited and you shake their hand and you're just feeling warm and welcome. Amen. I'm so glad that you're here, but praise God. Let's get down to the business of serving God. Amen. Let's get down to the business of serving God and doing what God wants us to do today. See, God is trying to reveal himself to us right now. This isn't just me getting up here and saying a bunch of words. I want you to understand that God is using the words that I'm saying to try to reveal himself to you right now. God is trying to show you him. But it will always be progressive. It's never going to be all at once. Today we're going to talk about the Lord who heals. So let me explain what happened. Let me set up the story. What happened was is they were on their, Israelites were on their way out of Egypt. They just had this miracle of crossing the Red Sea, and they had this amazing worship service. You know what they did in their worship service? They danced. Do you know that? Do you know that you can dance in church? I mean, I don't want to see twist and shout. Okay? That'd be kind of weird. But we can dance in church. That's within the Bible. It's in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, they danced in church. You know, when the Spirit of the Lord gets a hold of you. So they were dancing, and they were worshiping, and they were like, praise God. Ah, you know, he drowned the Egyptians. He drowned their oppressors. Then they started on the journey. They got about three days into the desert. They got about three days. And guess what is not in the desert? Water. Anybody love water? I love water when it's added to coffee beans. Hot water, not that cold brew stuff. I don't know who does that. That's just weird, okay? Now, I, I've had to drink a lot of water over the past couple weeks, and I found what was crazy is the, the more water that I, that I craved or the, that I drank, the more I craved, and I kept drinking and drinking and drinking it. They were wanting water. And when they found it, after three days, they approached this place called Marah. Now, you might remember Marah because in Ruth chapter 1, Naomi called herself Marah. When she was talking about the loss of her husband and her two adult children, she says, call me Marah. Now, she did that because... She was bitter. So she was referencing this story in the Old Testament with Moses. She was referencing that. So they come up to this water called Marah. And it, it, verse 23, they're not going to put it up there, so just listen to me. You can follow along in your Bible if you want to. Exodus 15. Exodus 15, 23. I was told to slow down on my verses. Exodus 15. 23. Now when it came to Merah, listen to this, they could not drink the waters of Merah, for they were bitter. Therefore the name of it was called Merah. See, can I tell you that life is bitter sometimes? Well, that's uplifting, isn't it? I'm going to say this again. 
life is bitter. Life is upsetting, isn't it? There's things that happen in our life. There's things that we're going through, things that we're dealing with, things that have happened to us. Phone calls that we receive from bill collectors. All those things. And we become bitter because of things that happen to us. Maybe, maybe you've had a car taken from you. Maybe you've had a loved one taken from you. And I realize they're not the same. I'm just giving examples. Maybe, maybe you, something has been done to you. Maybe someone has turned on you. And is in fact, you trying to drink from the water of the church, but instead you find bitterness. Man, that kind of hit home, didn't it? It's bitter. It's bitter because, and I'm going to read this in a moment, because the cross has not been applied. See, the Israelites, when they realized that the water was bitter, you know what they did? They all gathered around and they started having a prayer meeting. They all gathered around and they started to have a prayer meeting and they prayed to God and they sought God and they, they looked to Moses and says, oh Moses, you gracious leader and wonderful leader that you are, please show us what to do. Let's worship God. No, none of that happened. You know what they did? They complained. They weren't going for a prayer meeting. They, they had just had this glorious miracle of the parting of the Red Sea. And now three days later, a short time, they start complaining. Well, that Moses, look at what he did. I just can't. Can you believe? If I was in charge, that would never happen. I am, I am so tired of this body. I am so tired. I'm going to go find me another body to be with. Surely they're better over there. Can I tell you, it doesn't matter where you go if your problems are going to go with you. Uh, okay now, you know when I don't hear back from you, I'm going to say it over and over again, okay? Because I want to make sure you're hearing me. If you go somewhere else because of what you think is a problem, your problem's going to follow you over there because maybe we're the problem, amen? Maybe we're the problem. I know that's not a popular thing to say because we like to blame the pastor. We like to blame the leadership. We like to blame the music director. We like to blame the piano player. We like to blame the sound guy. We can blame anybody we want to, but the problem is still lost because we're bitter, amen? The cross has not been applied to our hearts. The cross has not been applied to our lives. What do you mean, Pastor Rob, not saved? No, the cross is more than salvation. The cross is atonement for our sin and atonement for healing. Through We have healing through the atonement, amen? We have not let the cross be applied to our lives. So what God said, God said, hey, Moses, I hear they're complaining. Man, the Israelites loved to complain, didn't we? Now, before we judge them, let's think about us. We like to complain, don't we? You know, it's easier to complain and criticize than it is to bless I don't know why that is. It just is, right? And so God said, hey, Moses, look at that tree over there. Now, they're in the middle of the desert, and there was a tree. Now, I think that's kind of crazy, don't you? He says, look at that tree over there. Moses says, he went and got the tree. He says, what I want you to do, praise God. I want you to take that tree, and I want you to put it in the water, amen? I want you to take that tree, praise God. See, I, you're not excited yet, and I, I'm already there. I'm already there. 
I want you to take that tree and I want you to put it in the water. You know what that tree did? The moment that tree hit the water, that water got clean of its bitterness and it was made drinkable. Hallelujah. The Lord says, come to me, all who are thirsty, all who are weary, and I will give you rest, brothers and sisters. We need to more than the blood of Jesus applied to our sin. We need the blood of Jesus applied to our heart because there is healing in the cross this morning. Amen. There is healing in the cross. Stop walking around deformed in your heart. Stop walking around with a hurt. Now listen, some of us are afraid that if we don't feel that hurt, that we're going to forget that lost loved one. Can I tell you that's the lie of the devil to try to get you to stay in your bondage? I lost my grandma and my grandpa 20 years ago, and I have yet to forget them. I have some of the greatest memories with my grandparents. They were crazy. They were. But I still love them because I'm crazy, right? I mean, I'm just following the family line. I love them to death. And they, but they, they, were, they meant so much to me, amen? And I, and I was their favorite grandchild, so that was good. Amen? <laughs> I mean, how could I not be? I was the first. But just because I've lost them, I don't still... I don't still get upset about it. I don't cry about it. You know why? Because I know where they are, amen? And I know I'm going to see them one day. See, here's a scene in heaven that I'm imagining. I'm going to get up to heaven. My grandma and grandpa, who were once old and can barely walk, they're going to be young again in their new bodies. They're going to push everybody aside. They're going to say, Keith, Keith, and I won't know who they are because they look different, right? But once they approach me, I'm going to know who they are. They're going to come up, and they're going to hug me, and we're going to cry. And I'm going to tell my grandparents how much they meant to me. And they're going to say, listen, I want you to meet somebody. I want you to meet Jesus. I want you to see, I've been talking to him about you. I've been praying for you. We've been looking over your life, and I want you to know he's proud of you, and I'm proud of you too. Brothers and sisters, we don't need to weep over the lost who have died and gone before us. We need to rejoice that we're going to spend eternity with them in heaven. Amen. We need to let go of the hurt and allow the healing atonement be applied to our lives. Amen. Pastor, you just don't understand what I've been through. You're right, I don't, but I know someone who does. Listen, I don't pretend to understand your hurt. I don't mean to trivialize it. I don't mean to act like it's no big deal because some of you it is. Some of you have been through stuff that's unimaginable. Listen, I'm not trying to make you feel bad about it because you're still dealing with it. I'm just telling you it's time we embrace the healing of Jesus. Amen. It's time we embrace what God can do for us. It's time we can embrace being whole. Let me, ever, let me ask you a question. If you went to Safeway and you bought one of those delicious cheesecakes, sorry, Will. You got one of those delicious cheesecakes and a piece of it was missing, what would you do? Would you buy that? Maybe, what if you got part of the cheesecake and there were little nibble marks in it? <laughs> okay, that was too far. <laughs> would you buy that cheesecake if there was a piece missing? Brothers and sisters, when there's pieces missing in our spiritual walk, people are not attracted to that. I want you to understand that. See, we're, we're, represented, we're represented. Peter calls us ambassadors for Christ. And you can still be hurt 
And you can still put on a happy face because the joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen? The joy of the Lord is my strength. Do I go through hurt? Do I go through pain? Yes. Have I had people turn their back on me and call me names and say things about me? Yes. But I look up where my redemption draws nigh. Amen? And I say, I forgive them. I forgive them. And I know, I know that the righteous one will judge me accordingly. Amen? See, people are going to talk about you. You know why? Because like me, you're not crazy. In Wasilla right now, there's a principal who was escorted by the troopers to a mental hospital because she talked about Jesus in school. Okay, did you hear what I just said? They said, we think you must be mentally off. Well, call me crazy then too. Because I'm going to talk about Jesus. I'm going to share about Jesus. I'm glad we have a principal who is willing to stand up for God. Amen. I'm glad we have a principal and teachers who are willing to stand up and say, I testify. Uh, see, that's a powerful word. I testify. Amen. Because the cross has been up. Oh, man. Whew. I almost lit up a path there. The cross has been applied to your life. Amen? The cross has been applied to your life. Brothers and sisters, it is time to give up the things that hurt us. It is time to give up the things that are holding us back. It is time to give up the things that are keeping us from the Lord. The Lord does three things for us. First of all, He heals. See, I can't say that enough. He heals. You know what heals means? It means to become healthy again. I've been battling some health issues. Not fun. Not fun at all. Some of you have been battling some health issues. But guess what? Healing means you become healthy again. For the past three or four weeks, I've, I've, I've had very little strength. And I just, I, it just hasn't, haven't been myself. And I've been praying, and people have been praying for me. God, restore my strength. And I woke up yesterday morning, I woke up out of bed, and I say, wow, that didn't hurt. I'm feeling pretty good right now. And, and I went all day, amen. And my wife, she was so loving about it. She was so caring. Oh, she goes, oh, praise God, you're better. Now go fix my closet. So guess what I did yesterday? I did construction. For those of you who know me, that was scary, amen? Amen? I almost called Randy, and I said, well, no, I don't want to bother. But he says this in Psalms 103. He says, bless the Lord, O my soul. Can we just bless the Lord right now? Can we just bless the Lord right now? And then there's that word. There's that word again. And all. You notice how that word is a lot in Scripture? All. Can I, can I tell you this morning, quit giving God a little bit. I want to be blessed, Pastor. Then give him your all. I want this, God. Then give him your all. Quit holding back. I'm not, made, I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I'm giving you the formula for success. So, man, I'm trying to, if you're here looking for some theological sermon about the Greek word and the Hebrew word and how it means this, you, that's really not me, okay? I'm going to make it simple because I'm simple. Are you, are you ready? Give it your all. Give it your all, okay? 
You know what the word in Greek means for all? It means all. <laughs> right? So I just gave you some Greek there. <laughs> Amen? How many care? Nobody cares about Greek, okay? Listen, we need to worry about what all means, okay? We need to worry about all. You can't walk with the devil and walk with God. Amen? It don't work that way. He says, and all that's within me. Say it again. Say it with me. And all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, all my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities, and here's my favorite part, and heals all your diseases. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. Listen, we need to quit worrying about the times that you feel God didn't heal and understand that he wants to heal. Well, Pastor, my relative prayed to God for healing, and they weren't healed. Listen, God is sovereign. God is sovereign. God's going to do what he wants to do, and I'm not going to get into what happened with them. I'm only focused on right now. God is ready to heal somebody. Amen? But you got to embrace it. you got to step into it. Listen, if God doesn't heal you, then you know what you do? You ask him one more time. One more time. Amen? You know what else he does? He cures I promised my wife I would sit down this morning, and I'm not doing a good job. He cures. See, to cure means to relieve a person of the symptoms of a disease or condition. So whatever you had, not only does God heal you, but he takes away the source. Amen? If you had trauma in your life... If you've had hurt in your life, then he goes deep inside of you and removes that. Amen? And when somebody tries to bring it up again, you look at them and say, that's under the blood. I don't remember it. Amen? Sometimes the devil's going to come up and say, hey, I remember what happened to you. By the way, if he ever does that, if he ever goes, hey, I remember what happened to you, all you got to do is look at him and say, well, let me tell you what's about to happen to you. Amen? Quit worrying about what happened to you. Focus on the eternal kingdom of God. Amen? He says that he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. Do you realize he's given us power this morning? Come on now. Here I go again. I'm off that seat. You know he's giving you power, right? Now let me ask you a question. Why is it easier for us to believe when we flip on the light with an inconsistent electric company that we're actually going to get light? I'm not criticizing them. That's just how it is, right? That we actually believe that we're going to get light from somebody who is human. We believe that, but yet we fail to believe in a God who can do all things. Amen? We've got to believe in God that he can do it. You have the power this morning to receive healing and to give healing. Amen? Now, I had someone come to me one time and say, God has given me the power to heal people. Now, I'm going to clarify that. That is not true. If somebody says they have the power to do healing, that, that is not scriptural. The healing comes from the Holy Spirit who flows through you. So I want to clarify what I said. I, want to, I don't want there to be any misunderstandings. But God has given you that power. The power is the Holy Spirit. 
The Holy Spirit is what works in you. If, if, if I lay my hands on you, there's not some magical powers in my hand. Well, that's kind of weird, isn't it? My hand doing <laughs> I get distracted easily. There's not some magical power where I come up to you and say in the name and electric pulses go through here and penetrate RJ's brain. That would hurt, by the way, wouldn't it? No, that doesn't happen. You know what happens? There's just a transference like the woman who touched the robe of Jesus. There's a transference of power. Power goes from me and it goes to RJ. And the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit goes into RJ and RJ is healed. Amen. Do you understand how that works? God has given us that power. Praise God. It is time that we, we embrace it. Amen. Well, Pastor, you know, I, I'm, I'm just uncomfortable with that. And see, that's the problem is we're uncomfortable with God. And man, God... God wants so bad for you to understand him. He's not scary. See, the Israelites were scared of him at the mountain. They didn't want to go to the mountain. They were afraid of that. But can I tell you that once you get in this lifestyle of serving God and having God move in your life, it's, it's something that you can't go back on? It's, it's a part of you, and you want to be a part of it, and, and your desire to see miracles more and more every day grows, and you can't help it because you just have a desire and a passion for God. The last thing he does is he restores. To restore something means to bring it back to its original state without defect. See, when we were created in the Garden of Eden, we were perfect. We didn't have any pain. We didn't have to toil the ground like we do now. We didn't have sorrow. That was what God intended for us. There was no disease. So when he restores us, he's bringing us back to that time before the fall. Brothers and sisters, it's called the Garden of Eden. You know what garden represents? It represents peace. It represents joy, amen? He's bringing us back to that time where we're not worried about everything, where we're not brought down by the things of life. We can just sit back and relax and enjoy ours. Now, I'm not saying we don't work. Don't misunderstand me. I'm talking about spiritually. We can sit back and realize that we walk with God. We talk with God. And he tells us that we are his own, amen? I'm going to say that again. In the garden, we get to walk with God. We get to talk with God. And he tells us. He tells us that I am his own. Can I tell you what a glorious moment that will be? When his face I will see. When I look upon his face and I see his amazing grace. Brothers and sisters, I want to tell you right now, God sees the hurt and pain that you're going through and he's looking to restore you. But here's the catch. You ready? We may have to change our lifestyle. See, in my areas when I get sick, God can heal me. 
But if I don't change what I eat and what I drink and how I eat and how I drink, then what I had is just going to come right back. You guys understand that? If, if I'm not willing to change my ways, then why would God heal me? This is sounding scary, isn't it? Why would God heal me? God's going to heal me when I look at him and say, you know what? I, I, I'm not going to eat the candy bars anymore. Now, for me, that's a big deal because I love me some Snickers. Snickers, God invented Snickers, amen? No, Snickers are bad for you, and I love Twix. Oh, let's just be honest. I love all candy. But why is God going to heal me when I continue to put that stuff in my body? Amen? I've got to be willing to change my lifestyle. I've got to be willing to do the right thing. Amen? And brothers and sisters, you can't look at God and say, God, heal me when you still act the way that you do. Now, this doesn't apply to everything, but those who I'm talking to know what I'm talking about. We've got to be willing to change who we are. He says this in Psalms 18, verses 20 through 21, and I'm reading this out of message. It's a different translation. He says, God, make my life complete. When I placed all the pieces before him, when I got my act together, he gave me a fresh start. Now I am alert to God's ways. I don't take God for granted. I'm going to ask that the ushers, one of the ushers, go get the children. During this transition of the children come in, they're not going to understand what's going on, so there may be a little jostling around, and there may be some, you know, anxiousness coming in. Just ignore that. Amen? We're going to get to the Lord. We're going to get in his presence right now because we're going to have communion. So I'm going to ask the other ushers, I want you to get the communion ready. I believe that God can provide healing during the communion, don't you?
Let's go ahead and serve the wafers. You hold my every moment. I just want you to tell him to him right now. Tell him what you need healing for. Say, God, I need healing for my body. I need healing, Lord. I need healing of my body, God. I need healing for my finances. I need healing for my family, Lord. I need healing for my friends, Lord. I need healing. I need healing. I need healing, Lord. Oh. what you need right now. Come on, church, just worship and receive what God is doing for you right now. Receive it. Receive it. Did everybody get one? Did everybody get a cup? Bring up the verse in Corinthians that I have up there. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, church. Claim it right now, God. Oh, hallelujah. I receive. Come on, I receive. Hallelujah. 
I want my ushers to be ready. Ushers, be ready. There may be some elders that need help. Elders, if you need help, I want you to go ahead and prepare your, your communion. Go ahead and open up the, the juice. So go ahead and open up the bread. We're going to do this. Go ahead and get it ready. And I believe you're my healer. needs help, let us know. If you need help, raise your hand, please. For I receive from the Lord that which I have also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night that he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. Break it now. He said, take eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Lord, right now, God, we take this and we remember you. We remember what you did for us, God. There is healing in your atonement, God. Take it and eat it right now. Take it and eat it. Take it and eat it. Hallelujah. I receive it, I receive it, I receive it. Let's go to the next verse. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this is the new covenant in my blood. This do as you drink it in remembrance of me. Lord, let there be healing right now as we complete this moment. Healing in the name of Jesus. Go ahead and drink the juice. Ushers, go ahead and start going around and collecting it. Hallelujah. Come on, stand with me. Stand with me. Stand with me. All across this place, stand with me right now. my soul. 
Thank you for listening to our service. Be sure to catch the video edition of this on either YouTube or Facebook Live. Again, if you need prayer, contact us at 907-789-3605. May God richly bless you in all things.